Hello, this is Josh Wagar, and welcome to the Missionary Micro Stories podcast, where missionaries come and tell us authentic stories that they love, and I know that you will too. It's about uh, six questions in about nine minutes, because we all know that without a timeline, missionaries can get awfully long-winded. And so today, we have Brother Knickerbocker with us. Brother Knickerbocker, thanks for being here. It's good to be with you, Josh. Yeah, super excited. So we serve with the same mission board, and we've crossed paths very, very briefly, um, but I'm excited to have a conversation today. So let's dig in with question number one and tell us a little bit about you and your family and your field. Well, my name is Stephen Knickerbocker. <clears throat> my wife is uh, Julie, and we have two daughters, Alina and uh, Kezia. And they're um, almost four and two. And we've been in Burkina Faso since uh, 2014. I arrived there in the month of August. And uh, we um, began with um, veteran missionaries for about a year and a half and stayed with them learning from their experience. And then um, after a while, we uh, well, actually during that time, we were starting, uh, we started a Bible study in our neighborhood. And from that, a church was, was planted. And so we um, uh, were church planting missionaries in Burkina Faso. Maybe for some people who don't know where Burkina is, is at, it's in West Africa, uh, right underneath the Sahara Desert. And so that's a little about, about us. Awesome. Nice and toasty. And uh, that's wonderful. Was it with, were you with the Shoemakers? Is that who you were with? Yes. You, I, I just spoke with him the other day. Really, really nice guy. So enjoy oh. talking to him. So good. Well, then question two for you, what is one of the best parts about being in missions? Yeah, the, I, I guess the, uh, I thought about that question and I thought, you know, to see changed lives, transform lives is, you know, the big, a big part of it. <clears throat> but I, I also think one of the best parts is that um, so many times we, uh, we see uh, people have a um, <clears throat> transformation in their lives, but God is also doing a transformation in our lives. Mm -hmm. And, and it's been really exciting to, to see lessons taught <clears throat> as we minister and to people and see their lives transformed. And, and so, um, uh, cause sometimes as missionaries, you know, we get so wrapped up and we got to reach people and help them mm -hmm. have changed lives and all that. Uh, but God is still working on us wanting us to, you know, become more like him. Uh, and so we haven't arrived and we want to, we want to help people obviously uh, get to, uh, 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 to be more like Christ, but we have to work on it as well. And so it's, it's really neat to see how the Lord uh, through different ways teaches you that. Certainly. Yeah. Great answer and wonderful perspective. Thank you. So with then question number three, um, for you, what would be one of the harder or the more challenging aspects of missions life? Well, in, in Burkina, uh, one of the challenges uh, in ministry that we had is communication. <clears throat> uh, people here uh, or there, uh, they have they can have up to three or four different phone numbers <laughs> because the problem is the uh, the phone services. Uh, are irregular they're not reliable and so if one if one phone service goes down they, they they jump to another phone 
And so you never know which phone to, to call them. I only have one phone number, but when you try to, uh, to have contact, they give you your, their number and then you, you can never get a hold of them. Uh, or if someone comes visit your church and you ask for their number, but you can never get a hold of them. I have found that's one of the biggest frustrations to me personally. Because uh, here in America, if, if you've got somebody's phone number, you're going to get a hold of them. And there, there's no addresses. You can't visit them because there's no street numbers or street names. You, they have to give you instructions to get to their place. And so, so the communication has been one of the tough things for, for me personally. Yeah, that's super insightful. I thank you for that answer. <laughs> so. So question number four then, what are some other missionaries uh, that are serving in throughout the world that you would suggest that need to be on this podcast? Well, I've, there, I have several missionary friends uh, in Burkina. Uh, I think uh, you mentioned the Shoemaker family. There's also uh, Jason Rischel, who's in Burkina Faso. Um, uh, and then uh, Dallas Brown as well, uh, who's in Burkina Faso. And... Um, I've got a friend also in Senegal, which is in West Africa as well, on the coastline, uh, Josh Mead. And, uh, and so uh, I've got also some good friends um, in Cambodia, Matt Brown, you know about him. And then um, uh, Tim Germano in Dominican Republic. And, and those, those are some of my friends that I can think of immediately. There's others, but those are a few names. Great. Thank you. I look forward to reaching out to them. We are trying to get uh, Brother Rischel on. And then, um, yeah, Matt and Nikki have been on. And so uh, uh, we're looking forward to, to uh, having them on the podcast when that one views. But um, yeah, some names I haven't heard of yet. So I'm looking forward to contacting. Thank you. All right, then. Question number five, kind of the big one everybody's waiting for, is take about three to five minutes and just Tell us a story about your time on the field that means something to you. Yes, <clears throat> thank you for the opportunity. Um, <clears throat> when we started our, our Bible study in the neighborhood, we, um, we would go, and we started that about um, in 2016, um, fall, of, fall of 2016. And um, we, um, we just went door to door in our, to our neighbors, meeting our neighbors and sharing the gospel with them. And, uh, and letting them know that if they're interested, there's a Bible study so they can learn more if they have questions and things like that. And we have, uh, we, um, have made a lot of contacts that way. And we had a Bible study started uh, after a few months of, of um, going soul winning in our neighborhood. People were just interested. And so, uh, so we, kept, we kept going door to door as we were doing the Bible study, just trying to reach out into our immediate neighborhood. And uh, one of the um, uh, men that we met, his name was uh, Omar, and he was a, a Muslim a construction worker, and he was on his break working on a, a site uh, where we were knocking on doors. And uh, <clears throat> he had a really rough face and looked like uh, he was angry at the world. And But nevertheless, we, we approached he and his um, a co-worker they were taking a break there and so tried to track with them and the gospel and <clears throat> surprisingly at the end of our conversation which was rather short a five or six minutes he uh he said that he wanted to pray and trust christ as savior 
And uh, he had never heard the gospel before. Uh, he grew up, you know, Muslim, and um, he was with his, his uh, um, a girlfriend, <clears throat> living with a girlfriend who was pregnant. Her name is Sefi. And, uh, and uh, the next time we met, the following Bible study we had, uh, he showed up to the Bible study, and he had a big old grin on his face, and, uh, and he was just devouring the Word of God and uh, had questions about things as simple as, you know, how can, um, how can I pray? You know, how do you pray, you people? <laughs> wow. And, uh, and so, so we told him about that. <clears throat> and just uh, from that time on, even till today, you know, he's, he remains faithful. Uh, just as the Lord has transformed his life. But when we met him, his life was just awful. He, he barely made ends meet his girlfriend. You know, she, she was uh, expecting a child. And so there were certain number of expenses additional that he didn't, he couldn't take care of. And he thought later, later on, he told me he thought about leaving his girlfriend with the, with the baby mm -hmm. and just, you know, trying to escape from that uh, situation. And obviously they, uh, they didn't uh, leave. Uh, uh, he didn't leave her, uh, but I told him you need to pray for her and for her salvation. And so we did. And he's, uh, so, he, so he began being really faithful to church and we began praying for him, for her. And um, he, she thought that he was crazy. He had lost his mind and he, he had to, you know, be, thrown in the road we don't have mental hospitals in burkina so people are just left to wander and they're they're called they're called crazy people and so she thought that he was he was one of those people and uh well i went and visited him in their home and tried to explain to her what had happened and and so we uh, she she's the daughter of one of the uh, imams in burkina a religious mm -hmm. leader in islam so, so for her to have her husband not only just leave um, Islam but become a Christian was was a, a bad deal for her. And uh, but we prayed for her, and she started visiting the church, uh, being faithful. And then eventually, she called me one day, asking if I want to uh, become a Christian. What do I have to do? And she said, I'm scared of my dad. You know, what? what how can I deal with, with that situation? And I told her, you know, you just put your trust in Christ and we'll, we'll take care of the, the Lord will take care of the, of the rest with the family situation. And, uh, and just not only his life has changed, transformed dramatically, but hers as well. And, and, uh, and I knew the, how cold she was at, at first and to see her completely become tender toward the gospel and has been really encouraging before we left Burkina, um, my wife was doing Bible studies with her individually. And so it, it was really encouraging to, to see the progress. And um, uh, one of the things that's really exciting is that he's a, he's a soul winner. He looks for opportunities to share the gospel. One day a Muslim man had, had um, um, broken down and he tried to help and share the gospel at the same time. And the guy threatened him. He said, a few years back, we would have killed you if you would have talked like that. And so he came back to me and was a little stressed about it. And I told him, you did everything right. You know, uh, just keep on sharing the gospel and people will respond in, in ways that are a little threatening. But 
that's between them and the Lord. And so uh, it's just a, a love story to, to see how, you know, it's that the Lord took that situation, which was really, really bad. And then saving Omar and then later Safi. And then now they sit together in church, which is contrary to culture. Usually all the women sit on one side of the church building and the men on the other side. And they have, they have really become a uh, exemplary couple. And just in the beginning of the year, we were able to do the marriage at the mayor's office, get everything, um, you know, straight as far as that and had a ceremony at the church. So uh, their testimony, I, we, we put a post on our website um, of their testimony. And so it's, it, we were really encouraged. That's one of my favorite stories. I refer to it uh, regularly. And so, I can see why. I really yeah. can. That's the gospel will forever make me speechless. I think that's just amazing to see the power and the transformation. So thanks for taking the time and sharing that. And I'm I'm gonna go on a tangent real quick. I because so for those of you listening, you know today won't be nine minutes, but that's okay. Um I I want to encourage anybody that's listening that is not in full-time, you know, full-time ministry or missions vocationally. Um, I think the amazing part, I say this often on the podcast, because I, I can't wait to meet these people. And I will probably never meet them here on uh, earth, but I can't wait. You get the opportunity one day when you, we're in heaven, we're going to get to meet these people that we're hearing stories about. And when we partner up with prayer and all of these things, we get to see the kingdom of God come together and then all meet one day. And it's just going to be beautiful. I can't wait to hear the story from their own lips. I, I'm super pumped. To get, that was an exciting story. Thanks for sharing. Thank you. Well, in closing, then real quick, uh, do you have any language or cultural blunders that you're willing to share with us? Uh, you can even tell on your wife if you don't want to tell on something that you've done. I don't know. <laughs> Well, yeah, uh, one of the one of the early blunders that I've done is uh, <clears throat> uh, the confusion with the uh, not using the left hand. And so in mm -hmm. certain parts of the world, um, we don't use the left hand. The left hand is used for sanitary <laughs> mm -hmm. um, things. And so um, you, you never use your left hand for anything. And you mm -hmm. they eat with their right hand. <clears throat> and so... So they, they only wash their right hand before they eat, and then they dig in with their right hand. You, you never see someone go in the left hand because, you know, they, they have, um, <clears throat> it's funny that, you know, we're, uh, we, we have stores in America where you can't find toilet paper. Well, there they don't even use toilet paper. <laughs> and so that's what the left hand's for. I'll spare the details, but, <laughs> but one, t one time I was in the, I was traveling uh, from Burkina to Ivory Coast and at the border, we give our um, IDs for the um, the um, <clears throat> border patrol to check our uh, identification to let us go through. And I did the mistake. I was, you know, shuffling, trying to look for my ID, and I grabbed it with my left hand and gave it to the uh, the customs guy, and <clears throat> and he looked at me, and I, I didn't realize what I was doing because. Uh, I had I had been in Burkina, um, it, I think it was not even a year, and so I knew about I knew about the fact you don't use your left hand, but I and you know in the in the commotion and the fire of the accident I just forgot about it and then I used it and he looked at me like he was gonna 
put me in jail or beat me up or something. And, uh, and so yeah, that was uh, one of the times where I, I, I was really embarrassed and I didn't even realize it was a brother Keith Shoemaker who had told me, uh, you, you better not forget this because this, this could get you in, in trouble. Oh, so I didn't even realize in the moment, it was later that, that um, <clears throat> eventually the guy, you know, took my card, but uh, yeah, he probably had some evil thoughts toward me. <laughs> How, so has it become second nature yet to only use your right hand or is it still something you have to remind yourself? Oh yeah. Now with being on the field for five yeah. years, I, mean, I, I go, I travel in the United States and you know, when you, when you pay uh, the, um, what's it called on the road? Uh, oh, like a toll, like a, yeah. A toll you, pay the, you pay the toll. Well, the person is on the left. So what is convenient <laughs> is to hand it with the left. So, I, I, I grab it with my right hand and I cross over. <laughs> and uh, even in the drive-through, you know, in, in fast food <laughs> restaurants and stuff like that, I always use my right hand and I'm, it's become a habit. <clears throat> Sometimes I have to think about, well, I'm not in Burkina, so I can use my left hand. And, but most of the time it's, it's become a reflex now. So. Awesome. Man, well, Brother Knickerbocker, it's been such a, a pleasure to have you on today. I'm so glad we got to have this conversation. Um, and sharing your story and these things. Thank you. Um, Thank you. If people want to continue to follow you, your story, how can they do so on social media or prayer letter, anything like that? Yeah, we have a website. It's uh, nickandburkinafaso.com. Um, I don't know if you have a way maybe to I'll put it in the that option. Box. And, and mm -hmm. so, uh, but if, if people go to uh, uh, www.ntbm.com, our mm -hmm. mission missions agency's uh, website they can find all the information they need uh, just look up at Stephen Knickerbocker Stephen and Julie Knickerbocker and they have our website and all the information and once you get on our website you can subscribe to our prayer letters we've got a prayer list on there we've got update videos everything imaginable that people okay. need. Yeah. awesome well, we'll have that in the description box below then so that people can continue to follow you guys and everything you're doing very All good. right. Well, thank you so much for being on today, Brother Stephen. We really are grateful. Thank you, Brother Wegard. All right. And for all of those of you joining in, this has been Josh Wegard with the Missionary Micro Stories Podcast. Please be sure to like and subscribe if you're listening on, on Apple Podcasts, and we will see you next time. Thanks. <laughs>